Section 41 of A Failure of Initiative. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. A Failure of Initiative. Final Report of the Select Bipartisan Committee to Investigate the Preparation for and Response to Hurricane Katrina by the United States House of Representatives. Medical Care, Part 2 Centers for Disease Control and Prevention The CDC is a component of Health and Human Services, HHS, that assists in carrying out the responsibilities for protecting the health and safety of all Americans, and for providing essential human services, especially for those people who are least able to help themselves. CDC controls the SNS, large quantities of medicine and medical supplies, to protect the American public if there is a health emergency severe enough to cause local supplies to run out. Before Hurricane Katrina made landfall, CDC activated the Emergency Operations Center, EOC, on August 25th. CDC personnel were on the ground in Louisiana with a Technical Advisory Response Unit, TARU, which accompanies SNS supplies. In anticipation of the need to provide emergency medical services, 27 pallets of medical supplies were pre-positioned on the ground prior to landfall. On Sunday, August 28th, these items were pulled from SNS with the mission assignment for some supplies to be delivered to the Superdome in New Orleans. CDC also staffed and readied 12 teams of 20 people each to be deployed once the request from states for help was received. CDC was responsible for deploying personnel and SNS assets assisting state and local public health authorities with communicating food and water safety information, conducting disease surveillance, providing immunizations to displaced residents, and helping re-establish public health services in affected areas. Immediately following the hurricane, CDC's biggest concern was the risk of foodborne and waterborne illnesses, CDC worked with the Louisiana Office of Public Health to assess reports on an outbreak of cholera and partnered with the Environmental Protection Agency and local health departments to assess environmental risks of toxins and chemicals in the water and air. CDC also worked with the Department of Defense, DOD, to provide mosquito control resources in most of the affected areas teams were deployed to both Louisiana and Mississippi on a mosquito spray mission. CDC provided access to influenza, tetanus, diphtheria, hepatitis A, and hepatitis B vaccines to areas that were lacking them by coordinating the delivery, distribution, and administration of over three million doses of vaccine, with one million of the doses obtained from SNS. When New Orleans lost its public health department due to layoffs, CDC sent over 100 medical personnel to help re-establish services, conduct surveillance, and improve communication. 
HHS Credentialed Volunteer Health Professionals HHS designed a system that assists state and locals in verifying the credentials of volunteer health care workers. While stimulating the creation of over 900 medical teams, it also created confusion at the state level. Overall, though, HHS was successful in mobilizing and credentialing medical professionals who volunteered in the Gulf Coast following Hurricane Katrina. PHS set up a Katrina database to credential and verify medical professionals. With the help of private companies such as Kaiser Permanent, over 3,400 volunteers were processed and over 1,000 volunteers were deployed. The database was linked to state databases and a national data bank, allowing PHS to use existing information to help verify credentials. HHS also established a website, https://volunteer.hhs.gov, and a toll-free number, 1-866-KATMEDI, to help identify health care professionals and relief personnel to assist in Katrina relief efforts. The Medical Reserve Corps has a medical volunteer database where medical volunteers are pre-credentialed and can be activated within 24 hours. Carmona oversees this database as well as the response of the volunteers HHS calls upon. HHS was able to link its database to state databases in order to confirm volunteer credentials. Both HHS and Carmona stressed the importance of volunteers linking up with pre-existing rescue teams rather than acting independently. The Surgeon General's office likewise had generated a separate database for people who wanted to volunteer supplies or equipment. Setting up a mechanism to allow individual medical personnel to volunteer was a useful tool initiated by HHS. The database was such a success that by September 3rd, an internal email from HHS indicated volunteers should no longer be referred to Katrina Recovery at hhs.gov. They should be directed to the https volunteer.ccrf.hhs.gov and instructed to complete a volunteer application. These credentialed volunteers heavily supplemented medical services in the Gulf Coast region and were an important part of the medical response. Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration As part of the public health and medical response, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA, mobilized personnel to support state mental health program directors in their efforts to conduct needs assessments, provide services, support ongoing administrative operations, access financial assistance, and prepare for long-term assistance. SAMHSA deployed Disaster Technical Assistance Center teams to provide information and supplement state and local disaster response planning, review disaster plans, conduct literature reviews, and offer mental health support services. On Wednesday, September 7th, 
SAMHSA created a crisis hotline to provide victims with 24-hour access to counseling and mental health resources. Additionally, on Tuesday, September 13th, HHS Secretary Michael O. Leavitt announced $600,000 in emergency grants to Louisiana, Alabama, Texas, and Mississippi to ensure mental health assessment and crisis counseling are available in areas affected by Hurricane Katrina. The states have used the money to support clinical assessments and provide psychiatric and nursing services, medications, brief interventions, crisis case management, and short-term residential support. Finding Poor planning and pre-positioning of medical supplies and equipment led to delays and shortages. Equipment and supplies were in heavy demand immediately following the hurricane, and could not be quickly replenished by state, local, and federal resources. As detailed in other sections of this report, most shelters, hospitals, and flooded areas were without electricity and adequate supplies of potable water and food for days after Katrina made landfall, with only nominal amounts of medical supplies pre-positioned by FEMA and HHS a great deal of medical provisions had to be supplied after Katrina made landfall. In areas like New Orleans, it took days to respond to the catastrophe and deliver medical supplies to the Superdome and Convention Center. These delays were a result of poor planning. Obviously, supplies should be protected during the storm and staged in safe and secure locations, for easy access post-landfall. Despite being unable to predict the magnitude of devastation from the storm, more supplies and equipment should have been pre-positioned and accessible to state and local officials immediately following landfall. Below is a detailed assessment of the different medical supplies and equipment that were provided to the Gulf Coast in response to Hurricane Katrina. States were heavily dependent on CDC-SNS for medical supplies. SNS 12-hour push packages. As previously stated, the SNS is a national repository of antibiotics, chemical antidotes, antitoxins, life support medications, IV administration, airway maintenance supplies, and medical surgical items. The SNS has 12-hour push packages, push packs, caches of pharmaceuticals, antidotes, and medical supplies designed to provide response to a public health emergency within 12 hours. CDC estimates that each push pack costs $6 million, weighs almost 50 tons, and includes over 100 different kinds of supplies. Push packs are configured to be immediately loaded onto either trucks or commercial aircraft for the most rapid transportation. A Boeing 747 aircraft or seven tractor trailers are needed to move a single push pack. A TARU accompanies the push pack to coordinate with state and local officials and ensure SNS assets are efficiently received and distributed upon arrival at the site. TARU is simply a team of technical advisors 
to supervise the transfer of pushpack contents to the receiving state. Pushpacks can be deployed at the request of a governor and independently of the NRP. Mississippi was the only state to request a pushpack from CDC. The pushpack arrived in Mississippi on Friday, September 2nd, four days after Katrina passed through the state. As Amy testified, within 12 hours of a call and my official request, eight tractor trailers rolled into Mississippi, loaded with medical supplies for affected Mississippi hospitals. Pushpacks were originally designed to respond to a bioterrorist attack, so they included items that were not relevant to treating the medical needs of Katrina evacuees. As a result, some of the pushpack materials went unused. For this reason, CDC informed state and local officials that they could request supplies and materials from SNS without requesting a full pushpack. Although Mississippi was the only state to request a pushpack, other states still tapped resources and supplies from SNS. CDC figured out a way early on to prevent the waste of resources and ensure the most appropriate medical supplies were being allocated and delivered. Also, CDC began to move towards more focused deliveries from existing inventories outside of SNS and acquired materials from private partners, as thousands of critical supplies were needed. The director for the Coordinating Office of Terrorism Preparedness and Emergency Response at the CDC, Dr. Richard Besser, suggested creating pushpacks for major public health disruptions other than bioterrorism. This could ensure the most appropriate medical supplies and equipment arrive to the affected area first, and would also prevent the waste of supplies that are not relevant to certain public health emergencies. Temporary medical operation staging areas were assembled and utilized. Federal Medical Shelters Federal Medical Shelters, FMS, were a new component to the HHS hurricane response introduced following Katrina's landfall. These are rapidly deployed, minimal care medical kits capable of housing, triaging, and holding displaced patients. Each FMS is a 250-bed emergency shelter with a pharmaceutical suite designed to provide care to patients for three days before the need to resupply and restock materials. An FMS is usually set up in a large space, like an airport hangar or gymnasium, with some provisions supplied by the SNS. FMS facilities are not designed for comprehensive community care needs. They are designed to offer last resort care and support during situations in which normal day-to-day -day operations are disrupted. FMS were developed to both augment hospitals and serve as quarantine stations. Under the orders of Simonson, FMS began readying supplies and personnel on August 27th and one FMS was sent to Camp Beauregard, Louisiana, on August 28th. From there, the FMS continued on to Louisiana State University, LSU, in Baton Rouge, 
and on the evening of tuesday august thirtieth the fms at lsu began operations staffed by phs commissioned corps officers fms were also staged at fort polk army base in central louisiana eglin air force base near pensacola florida the naval air station in meridian mississippi and the mississippi air national guard station in jackson mississippi additionally the new orleans airport was the site of an fms and helped provide acute medical care to evacuated patients from surrounding hospitals and the superdome the national institutes of health in bethesda maryland set up a critical care facility for the sickest patients evacuated from the gulf coast region essentially these shelters were used to augment hospitals in the gulf coast and help with the surge capacity of katrina evacuees although simonson thought the shelters were underutilized in response to katrina he believed the exercise proved fms are a valuable asset to be used in future public health emergencies despite this only one was prepositioned while most were readied and deployed in the days following landfall precious time was wasted because public health officials lacked initiative prior to katrina fms was only an idea on paper and had never been put into practice the temporary medical shelters had never been tested in simulated drills or exercises so it was initially unclear how fms would perform and if their use would be effective simonson said he believed hhs held two exercises to test fms last year he did not believe them to have been extensive or to have simulated disaster-like conditions the tests were held simply to time the setup of facilities and processes despite the opportunity to truly test fms at two federally mandated exercises one in april two thousand five and the other held in two thousand three hhs did not seize the opportunity to assess and evaluate them expeditionary medical support systems the air national guard also supplied medical personnel and equipment to the gulf coast region in response to hurricane katrina similar to fms expeditionary medical support systems emeds mission is to provide frontline field hospital care in the event of a catastrophe or terrorist attack where local facilities are too overwhelmed to adequately treat patients emeds operate and function like brick and mortar hospitals and have operating rooms dental pharmacy and lab services intensive care units and other facilities and equipment these mobile hospitals have a 25-bed capacity and can be set up and ready to receive patients within 24 hours traditionally emeds are primarily for military personnel but in response to katrina emeds were utilized to provide medical treatment to thousands of civilian victims on thursday september first the air force deployed an emeds to provide medical assistance at the new orleans airport upon arrival the emeds team set up and began assisting the dmats who had already established a makeshift facility 
at the new orleans airport emeds teams helped other government agencies and civilian medical teams provide treatment and health care to those individuals transported to the airport emeds teams also assisted with aeromedical evacuations according to colonel richard bachman who directed the air force's medical assistance in the gulf region the emeds is to set up rapidly treat stabilize and then air evacuate people out it's a twenty-five bed hospital but we took care of twenty-five hundred people in two days so the number of beds is essentially irrelevant because we weren't holding them and providing long-term treatment we'd never practiced hospital care in an airport terminal without tents or having equipment being overwhelmed by thousands of patients in the dark without air conditioning despite the unfavorable conditions emeds and other medical personnel stationed at the airport completed an enormous patient movement operation in a very brief window of time the air guard set up an additional mobile military hospital at the convention center to take the place of charity hospital and provide medical services to military personnel while other facilities are out of commission the mississippi air national guard established an emeds to augment services of the badly damaged hancock county medical center the emeds was set up in the parking lot of that medical center and treated forty-seven patients before it was demobilized in late september state mobile hospital units as one of the few self-contained mobile hospitals in the u s the carolina med one mobile hospital was federalized and deployed to waveland mississippi carolina med one has complete emergency room and operating room capabilities with one hundred hospital beds and functions exactly like a brick-and-mortar hospital it was staffed by a team of volunteers from the carolina medical center phs officers and other medical volunteers waveland was completely decimated by katrina and was in desperate need of medical facilities and personnel to treat residents in total carolina med one treated almost five thousand patients and is considered one of the success stories of the medical response to hurricane katrina amy described carolina med one as an invaluable asset to mississippi's most hard-hit area in hancock county on friday september second simonson wrote an email asking the state of nevada to transport its mobile medical facility nv1 to the new orleans airport he intended nv1 to serve as a federalized hospital facility to provide medical care upon arrival at the airport though nv1 was told its assets were no longer needed and was eventually directed to gulfport mississippi where it was set up with support staff from the nevada hospital association phs officers and volunteer health professionals when asked why he waited until september second to order nv1 to new orleans simonson recalled there was some confusion as to whether mississippi had already requested the use of nv1 simonson said ultimately nv1 was used in mississippi and that it was difficult to initially assess where assets were needed most 
In total, NV1 saw almost 500 patients by the end of September. Both of these mobile hospitals were considered extremely valuable assets to the public health response after Hurricane Katrina. Finding New Orleans was unprepared to provide evacuations and medical care for its special needs population and dialysis patients, and Louisiana officials lacked a common definition of special needs. Defining Special Needs New Orleans has the largest special needs population in Louisiana, but the Louisiana medical director and state health officer, Dr. Jimmy Guidry, and the director of the New Orleans Health Department, Dr. Kevin Stevens, never offered a clear or consistent definition of special needs. According to Guidry, special needs people are defined as not requiring hospital care, but not appropriate for a general population shelter either. Stevens, on the other hand, indicated the state has a list outlining what criteria constitute a special needs patient. Among the most important, Stevens said, a patient with special needs is someone who requires intermittent electricity to sustain life. In fact, the list to which Stevens referred says the state of Louisiana has one set of criteria for classifying special needs persons, while Jefferson Parish has another. The state defines Category 1 special needs persons as patients who are acutely ill and need to be admitted to a hospital as a patient during an emergency evacuation of the area. Jefferson Parish classifies Category 1 special needs people as patients who do not yet need to be admitted, but whose condition will probably deteriorate during an evacuation. These patients are to be taken to a trauma hospital. Aside from Jefferson Parish having a definition of Category 1 special needs that differs from the state's definition, confusion also arises in determining whether Jefferson Parish's criteria for Category 2 special needs people also applies to Louisiana. Category 2 is for patients with limited needs and assistance who require special needs sheltering during an emergency evacuation of the area. These will be sent to non-trauma hospitals. Again, it is unclear whether this category is specific to Jefferson Parish or if it applies to the entire state. Additionally, the Office of Emergency Preparedness, OEP, Director for Plaquemines Parish, Jesse St. Amant, was adamant that nursing home patients are considered special needs patients. Neither Guidry nor Stevens concurred, and nursing home patients are not listed within Louisiana or Jefferson Parish's special needs categories. Stevens stated that New Orleans does not keep a list to identify special needs persons in advance of an emergency. St. Amant, however, keeps a database of Plaquemines Parish's special needs patient population and interviews each patient about specific requirements for transportation, medications, and other special needs. He has prearranged contracts to address these needs and operates on an annual budget of approximately $300,000. Stevens said New Orleans uses statistics from the healthcare community, such as the number of patients on dialysis, 
to reach its estimate that new orleans has one thousand special needs persons interestingly a september sixth eoc report indicated that the state estimated dialysis patients alone were greater than this figure saying the state projects approximately twelve hundred dialysis patients additionally the emergency coordinator in jefferson parish which is an adjacent suburb of equivalent population to new orleans said they have a potential of forty five thousand special needs patients forty one thousand more patients than the estimate given by stevens sheltering and evacuating special needs patients state officials from the governor's office the department of health and hospitals dhh and the department of transportation and development said all parishes new orleans included were responsible for managing special needs evacuations new orleans designated the superdome as a special needs shelter and stevens said new orleans's plan focuses on transporting special needs people from their homes to the superdome special needs patients were to be collected throughout neighborhoods using rapid transit administration buses and taken to the superdome despite the fact that new orleans does not keep a list of such patients gidry says the state bussed two hundred special needs people from the superdome to lsu hospitals in baton rouge on sunday before landfall according to state officials the new orleans plan never called for the use of school buses for evacuation so in their opinion criticisms about school buses lined up underwater and unused are unfair additionally state officials say new orleans never requested state assistance or buses to help with this effort even though gidry indicated the state did in fact assist in this manner at the federal level the fema deputy federal coordinating officer scott wells said he interpreted special needs to be anyone needing assistance whether they were impoverished or medically disabled to his knowledge the state and the parishes made no significant attempts to evacuate special needs persons although he indicated that there may have been efforts to shelter them the need to shelter special needs people in the superdome showed the state and city had not taken steps to which they had agreed during the hurricane pam exercise to coordinate the movement and sheltering of these people farther north away from the gulf wells said the requirement for medical evacuations after the storm was an indication that pre-landfall evacuation was not successful parish officials outside new orleans also described their efforts to identify and evacuate special needs patients according to the plaquemines parish sheriff before the start of hurricane season the parish solicits people to register if they have special needs for evacuation for katrina school buses were used to pick up and move these special needs registrants to a shelter in belchase louisiana according to the jefferson parish emergency management director their emergency operations plan also includes provisions for special needs people the parish conducts a triage by telephone to determine which people with special needs require shelter within a parish hospital those who qualify are given a password for admittance 
for hurricane katrina there were twelve thousand such people identified and sheltered dialysis patients although dialysis patients were part of his definition of special needs persons stevens initially acknowledged the superdome did not have the personnel facilities or supplies to provide dialysis nor did it have food appropriate for diabetics he said although dialysis patients were discouraged from going to the superdome for this reason several went anyway stevens further stated dialysis patients were among the first patients evacuated by helicopter in a subsequent meeting however stevens gave completely different information he said new orleans has an evacuation plan specifically designed for dialysis patients so that they know the medical facility to which they are assigned during an emergency he contradicted his early statement dialysis patients were present in the superdome when he told the select committee the city's evacuation planning worked virtually perfectly and no dialysis patients went to the superdome to his knowledge stevens said all dialysis patients were evacuated to their pre-assigned medical facilities of interest the definition of category two special needs persons mentioned above for jefferson parish and possibly the entire state includes kidney dialysis patients end of section forty one